0: Hey there. Thanks for joining me on Comedy Masterclass, where I interview creators about the craft of writing comedy. Today, I have two fantastic writers with me who authored the book How to Write Romantic Comedy, Jane Lovering and Jivani Chirika, who also writes under the name Rhoda S. Baxter. And they're also both shortlisted and award-winning writers in their individual careers, so doubly brilliant to cover this subject, writing romantic comedy. But before we dive in, Jane and Jeeve, is there anything you'd love people to know about you and your work?
1: Uh, I run the Contemporary Romance Novel of the Year this year with my book, Ooh. Cottage for of Secrets. And also I've got a new terrier Louise, as we speak? <laughs> Trying so to tunnel through the kitchen for there <laughs> to get to me. It's a very strange feeling. You know, is says, it? Oh, that's just the doll. I'm not committing any kind of murder. I'm okay. not the
0: dog because she's bloody <laughs> in it. Oh, that's good to know. And congratulations. That's quite the achievement. Thank you. And and for having such a remarkable dog who's <laughs> desperate to get to you. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Jeeve? Um, Yeah, so I, I write under two pen names.
2: Jeeve and e is yes. my real name. Um, So everybody usually calls me Jeeve. Um, And Rhoda Baxter was my pen name that I wrote under for a long time Um, and still kind of do. Um, I'm also uh, one of three people who are part of Fiction Tutors. So if uh, if anybody listening to this gets their debut contract, we have a, a, a group called Debut Author Club where people kind of help each other get over the The fear and Mm. the confusion of uh, when they're freshly published.
1: It doesn't get any easier, though, anyway, does it? Not
0: really. Yeah. No, what a great resource though. That's great to know. And I am definitely want to come back to you um, having a pen name because that will also be useful for people to, I know uh, several other authors who are in a similar position, so useful to know some of the challenges too. Okay. But I did want to start off first of all with how to write romantic comedy and its origin story because I read it a few things online about where it emerged from, <laughs> but I'd love to hear directly from you if this is true. <laughs> Tell me more. How did it start why did you write onesie? it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I and I generally remember eating biscuits and drinking cake and yes. trying to avoid doing work. Well, yeah, so, there's that as
2: well. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's really it's really the ultimate procrastination book, isn't it? We were too because we were supposed to be writing other things, and we were so we're busy procrastinating, but not writing the things that we were supposed to be writing. that we accidentally wrote a book in between,
2: pretty much. <laughs> um, so we we gave a talk oh, a long, long time ago now, about eight or nine years ago called How to Write Romantic Comedy, which I presented dressed like a normal person and Jane presented mm-hmm. <laughs> dressed as a penguin, okay. um, which is, all- <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we were making a point. It was about the unexpected being funny, um, yeah. but it was like a boiling hot day and everybody's mm. faces were melting off and Jane's just like in this full penguin outfit. <laughs> but anyway, she survived. Yeah. We survived. It was great. Um, and I
1: suppose it was great.
2: <laughs> it's like a, a walk around sauna. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. And then a few years later, like we gave it at a, a conference, at the Romantic Novelist Association conference. The next year, people were coming and talking to us about that. And then the year after as well. And so people were asking lots of questions. So we did a follow up. And like three or four years after, people were still coming up and talking about this talk. So we thought, yeah. okay, well, maybe we should. Put it down. Put write it, in a it book. down, yeah. yeah,
1: write it down. So we didn't have to keep telling people, saying things over, over, and over and over again. again. Yeah. We could just say, just buy the book, <laughs> leave us alone.
2: Yes, the, the first, the first talk was quite general, and the second one got really into the weeds of comedy. And mm. um, we thought that might be too nerdy, but people really liked it.
1: They did. Mm. They laughed a lot actually. Was, yeah, during that one.
2: Yeah, I did think one of the audience members was going to hurt himself. He was laughing so hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we, we just thought we'll write it all down because it's a good idea, and then people can go back to it. Because when you've done a talk, there's not much you can refer to. So it's all written down. It's all it's all signed and sealed, and people can dip in and out as they like. They don't have to read the whole thing cover to cover, but it's just yeah. helpful in bits. And yeah. it's quite funny. And it's got biscuits in.
2: It has a lot of biscuits in, because um, biscuits are integral to the writing process. We feel
1: they are. Yeah. They mm. are. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only a, a slim book, but we did try to make sure that we stuck to the point, um, and we wanted it to be conversational so that you didn't feel like you were being talked at. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: it, yeah. And it does, it feels really, really conversational, which I love. Like, um, one of my favorite things was the advice to juxtapose your thingies. Oh, yeah. juxtapose, yeah. Thingies. <laughs> juxtapose yes, your thingies. Juxtapose your thingies. I wanted to know yeah. what some of your favorite thingies to juxtapose and how does that relate to comedy?
1: Well, I tend to I tend to wear quite dark. My books all feature things that are quite dark. They feature disability. They feature mental illness. And if you juxtapose that against humour, so I mean, people are funny even in the darkest times. They are funny. People who suffer the worst tragedies can still laugh. Yeah. And if you have some events in your book that are very dark, and you have a bit of a laugh, the laugh is suddenly funnier. The mm. dark is suddenly darker, and you haven't had to put nearly as much effort into it <laughs> as you would if you were trying to make it darker. You can just make people laugh, and then they go, Oh, wow, that was dark. What am I laughing at? But they find it funnier for some reason because people are weird.
2: Well, it's that it's that tension release, isn't it? Because mm. uh, there's, the no, there's that theory that laughter is a modified fear response, and you just kind of build mm. the tension, and it that's. Uh, gets released when you laugh. So, yeah, so you're ratcheting up the tension in the dark bits so that when you have an unexpectedly light bit, it feels funnier than it should be. Um yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to, I do occasionally touch on darker subjects, but mine tend to be more kind of cupcakes and...
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'd, I'd love to know um, for you both, what are some of your favorite tropes in romantic comedy, either that you like to use or it could be the converse, ones that you feel are a bit overused or need kind of breaking apart a bit?
2: Ooh. Um, I wouldn't say it's something that's overused and needs breaking apart, but people mm. love enemies to lovers and I cannot mm. cannot get my head around it. That's what I was uh, going to say.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Once, you, once when somebody said something bad to you a bad person about you you can never forget you can't forgive that there's only going back so no it's not my favorite either.
2: there
0: right
1: yeah. I do it- people over there <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, no, yeah. it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's so subjective, and um, it can be uh, quite divisive. But it's also great because everyone then gets to have their favourites. So I'd love to ask you particularly about building heroines, because I think this can be an interesting area in romantic comedy too. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that you like to think about building your heroines, and as it relates to comedy? Because there's so many different ways to come at that, and so many things that we've seen. They just show up. <laughs> they just show up.
1: Yes, they show up, and then as you write them you get more into who they actually are. Quite yeah. often, they don't actually show themselves until you've been writing for quite a way. And then mm. suddenly you realize that they're not actually telling you the whole truth about mm. themselves. And I don't tend to write funny funny. I don't write gag funny. No. I write uh, observational funny, I think. Mm. So it's not, it's not about sitting down and thinking, oh, I can put a gag in here. Mm-hmm. It's about thinking how people describe things to themselves and how they think about things to themselves and putting that down. And because it tends to be quite unexpected, it makes it funny. Yeah,
2: that, yeah. that
0: totally makes sense. Did yeah, you I have do, anything you wanted to add to I do to that, occasionally
2: do have the odd gag and then I usually end up having to take it out because, oh. <laughs> because editors object. Oh. <laughs> being,
1: being my family gags, particularly. Well, but particularly. Yeah. Also,
2: when I wrote the royal book, um, I, I had one line that said, he came upstairs because prince, even princes have to pee sometimes. And so they made me take it out. Oh. <laughs> they were like, well, that's, that's not very heroic. I was like, well, does he not go to the toilet? But anyway. <laughs> oh, that's fine.
0: I love the real side. It's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's it's reality. That's why that's why so funny. Reality is much, much funnier than anything you can imagine. It really yes. is. I think, yeah, makes... though,
2: I think the people... Mm used to, like in the 90s, they had the the clumsy heroine and people would Mm. build a person that was a clumsy heroine. And I found that quite uh, irritating, frankly, because, Mm. you know, if they're clumsy for a reason, then that's great. And I have read uh, heroines with dyspraxia and stuff like that, um, because those are coming out now as as the genre diversifies. Um, And that's fine. And you can do all the clumsy heroin gags, but there's a reason she's like that. And that is fine.
1: I guess better if she makes the gags rather than mm. people make the make gags, gags about, about her. her.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's that kind of underlying cruelty, which mm. is also disappearing now, which is great.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's becoming a little bit less Trumpy, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, romance. Yeah. People, have, people have read all the... Things to lovers, enemies to lovers. They want people to mix it up a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah, but, when they friends to lovers.
2: But tropes, yeah. are, tropes are nice because they are, I mean, the genre in itself is a comfort read. You read it, mm-hmm. you, know, yeah. you know how it's going to end. And that is a large part of the attraction is that you, you know how this is going to pan out. You know that no matter what happens, it's all going to be okay in the end. It uh, might
1: be the people end up with the people you think they ought to end up with, mm-hmm. but they are going to be happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, happy the ending is for the reader, the reader may disagree violently and find it really <laughs> not happy at all. But for the characters, it all ends. It all ends happily ever after.
0: Yeah. Or happily for now, anyway. But yeah, yeah. And
2: we we promise the happy ending as the, in any romance, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and- I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about endings specifically because there is that. Um, promise and I I wondered if you have any like particular tips for then still make it really satisfying and resonant because it can be endings can be so tricky
2: yeah um (laughs) I have to rewrite mine go on then Jane
1: (laughs) Uh, I tend to finish on a twist I quite like Mm. to finish on a although well I wasn't expecting that line um and then that that kind of it, it doesn't tend to be about rather it tends to be about what the whole plot of the book was about. Uh, mm. So if you can actually start finish the book by moving away from the central characters, so you know that they've got their happy ending, and then you just tweak the story a little bit, so that something else that was running through the story ends unexpectedly, mm. and then you've got a good point to end on because it makes the reader go, "Wow!" And I think that's what you're wanting at the end of the story. The tendency with uh, romance is to end on a Oh. But if you can end it, but you can end all oh, wow or where I wasn't expecting. no, what the hell happened there? <laughs> and people are more likely to remember it as well. It becomes more memorable fiction than it, if it just ends on a on the wedding or a baby or any one of those particular
2: yeah. scenes. I tend to end on a callback joke, um mm. because um my my books are all standalones, but they are linked through the characters. So mm. I want people to feel like they are part of that world so that when they read the next book and they see the characters from the previous book, it just feels like they're visiting friends, if you, if you see what I mean. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so I tend to end up on a callback joke because that kind of makes the reader go, oh, I am part of this joke. That's an in-joke in this book. And it makes them feel oh, that. more, um, yeah, more included. involved. Yeah, included. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That's great. I love that. And I wanted to ask you before we forget, um, about your pen names, because I, okay. I think that's really interesting. And and mul- I know multiple writers now writing under more than one name because there's so many different reasons too for different reader mm-hmm. relationships or different branding or different ways of developing a career. So I'd love to know um, for you, how you found that process, anything you feel like it's really helped with or anything that's been particularly challenging? Um, well, I started writing
2: as Rhoda Baxter, Ooh. More than 10 years ago now. Um, hmm. So what happened was I wrote a book, which was... Uh, it was just straight down the middle of general fiction, women's fiction, if you like, because I'm a woman writing it. Um, hmm. So... Um, but it the characters just happened to be Sri Lankan. And back in, like, 2007 or whenever it was, it was really difficult to sell a book like that because it wasn't... Um, it wasn't about the immigrant experience. It wasn't about racism. It wasn't other enough mm. to be literary fiction. Um, and then there was just no other market for it. So um, I had some very nice rejections. <laughs> you know, the ones that go, oh, yeah, yeah, you can write, but I don't know what to do with this book. Um, right. Which at the time felt terrible, but now I'm looking at it going, oh, okay, that's what they were saying. Um, so I joined the Romantic Novelist Association's New writer Scheme and part of that you get feedback from somebody who's writing in the genre and they said you know you've got like a comedic voice that's trying to get out have Mm -hmm. you considered just writing a book for fun so I thought okay yeah sure why not um and so I wrote this book just for fun it was a rom-com about a white lady who goes to work in London you know straightforward rom-com stuff poured out of me it was just really so Mm -hmm. much easier um and that book got a publishing deal about maybe a year two years after when I started sending it out hmm. and it was with an American publisher and they said are you going to use a pen name and I thought okay um, and I'm a microbiologist by training hmm. and my bacterium was called Rhodobacter spheroides so I thought oh. I'll call myself Rhoda Baxter which is like a little joke to myself and it's just stuck now <laughs> Yeah, um, but Quite amusingly, somebody's dad had said to them, "Do you know that's a bacterium?" And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, she knows. Don't worry." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's such a fun little little twist. That's great. And in the book, you do um, talk about marketing mm-hmm. a little bit and how that can be different trying to market a funny book uh, in the UK and the US markets. And I just wondered, like, with all the experience that you've had in your careers now, for anyone that feels like they're struggling a bit with marketing fiction, um, marketing funny books, what have you learned, do you think, that's been helpful?
1: Just keep going. Yeah, It feels like the most sound-destroying thing in the world because it feels like you're just shouting into an empty room. But there will be people, there are people out there listening, there are people who are picking up on what you're saying. They might not be responding to you and they might critically not be buying your book, but they are listening. And mm. the more you get your name out there, the more you're, you're visible. The more chance there is that, okay, they might not buy that book, but they might buy the next book because they remember be your name. The only danger with writing comedy mm. is that people want you to be funny all of the time. When mm. you go out there and you do anything in public, mm. the pressure right. to prefer them is enormous. Mm. Because mm. if people are, if you've written funny, People who wanted to buy, wrote you, written, but then you are you stand there being the advert for your own books. Mm. And if you're not a naturally funny person, mm. then maybe it'd be a good idea to pay somebody who is a naturally funny person to get out there and do your marketing for you because it mm. can be very difficult, particularly if you're being really miserable, really depressed, <laughs> to stand up and sell a book that is actually quite funny. Mm. So It's kind of like, yes, you really, really have to like to perform to sell a funny book because people expect you to be funny, just Mm. like they expect comedians to be funny. They might not even be reading their own jokes, but we expect them to be funny. We expect them to be the life and soul of the party. And if they're not, we're disappointed. And I think that carries over a little bit into marketing books.
2: Yeah, with with two names, you get that, that name recognition thing gets split. And that's quite difficult. So I'm quite open about the fact that I have two pen names. I, I started off with the best of intentions with two different profiles. It was just too much work. Yeah. So I've so now my profiles contain both names. And it's quite clear that I'm the same person. But there are I have my Rhoda readers and I have my Giovanni readers. And there's a bit of crossover, but not as much as you'd expect. Um, and yeah, the, to the point about being funny and people expecting you to be funny... Um, i write funnier the darker the things are in my life because mm. it's my escape um i once wrote a rom-com set in a hospice and that was it was very funny but it was mm. um it it was it was difficult to write because i was wrote that and my um my my happy place became inextricably linked with the difficult places if that makes sense so yeah, yeah so you have to kind of as you say present the funny face even though you're not really feeling it at all
1: it's a performance but then it is selling any kind of book
2: yeah yeah
1: because you're selling the book you're not selling yourself yeah you're not yeah. writing your own life story over and over and over again so you're actually selling a product mm. but you have to kind of pretend to be that product but I, I, <laughs> I like really dark and <laughs> but people don't expect me to you know I've i got the, the crisp one the Christmas novellas is about a heroine who's lost a leg Mm-hmm. In an accident, nobody expects me to lose a leg just for very with my books. But they do they do expect a certain truthfulness, I suppose. So mm-hmm. they do like you to be the person you write within a
2: certain yeah. main
1: parameters, not to. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I imagine if you write crime, they don't expect you to actually go around murdering people. So mm. yeah.
1: But they expect you to think like a policeman.
2: Um, if you verbal. write
1: crime you yeah. are expected to have a very analytical because you, you're not writing well generally you're writing you know police and crime and detection yeah. things and they expect you to be quite analytical apparently I don't know that's why I don't write crime
0: <laughs> yeah that's super interesting to think about so many things I haven't considered before so thank you lots of feedback thought there and I'd love to know for um, both of you what are some of your favorite characters in romantic comedies whether that be books or movies um what what characters come to mind that you've really enjoyed reading or watching? And what is it do you think that you really like about them? Ooh. I
2: could tell I, you Oh sorry. Yeah, go on, you go. I was gonna say I could tell you about a series of books which I've just
0: yeah, finished please.
2: reading. It's called The Bromance Book Club, and it's about these like really blokey, hmm. hockey playing uh really alpha kind of guys but they've all decided that the reason they're still single is because they're a bit crap with love so they start reading (laughs) romance books to learn I love that (laughs) and I'm just like I'm so jealous I wish I'd come up with the concept but the blokes are so blokey and the women Mm. are so like partially exasperated with them Um, they're just so realistic and funny because in a natural way so it's not gag funny. The way they interact is how you would expect people to interact, and that is funny. Um so yeah, the Bromance Book Club by Lisa K.
0: Adams. Love the series, just finished it. <laughs> oh, that's a great recommendation. What about you, Jane? What comes to mind for you? I know it could be spot for choice. The only thing
1: that speaks mind for me is really is Jane Austen's heroines. Oh. I absolutely love the mannered, mm. wonderful, almost repressed nature of the romance in it, but they're not really romance books either. They're social commentary and that's that's why I really love them because they are taking what makes people so ridiculous and and sort of holding it up. And that's what I like doing in my books. That's what I think a lot of a lot of the humour comes from in my books. It's just plenty out just how ridiculous people can be. And I think that's why I I relate to her heroines, except I can't do the Mm. (laughs) frog. Yeah.
2: But there's quite a lot with Jane's books because I've, I've read nearly all of them now. Mm. <laughs> Apart from like slightly I he is the... It is I'm, me. I'm the one who's buying them, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's often you. They'll a character will do something and you think, oh yeah, I know somebody who would do that. Mm. And that's it's, why it makes it's me reality. Funny. Yeah.
1: I try to go for absolute reality. I write about people that you, you feel you could be these people or you know these people. Yeah. Because they are absolutely, I try, but absolute reality. So, yes, they'll do go to the toilet even <laughs> near, in auspicious times. And I think... But uh, well, aren't the, allowed,
2: so...
1: But you know, as a princess, you see, and I don't write about princes. I just, I just write about really crap people, really. Well, so um, do I
2: normally. It's just one prince. But, just the one prince. Yeah,
1: but just, <laughs> the one, just the one. Just the one. It was only the one prince.
0: Only the one prince yeah I love it and um in the book you um mentioned like and you've mentioned it Jane as well that you particularly like observational comedy and you helpfully kind of draw attention to different kinds of comedy, whether that's character-based or situational. So I wanted to ask you particularly about physical comedy, if you don't mind, one of the ones that you um, mentioned. Because you also mentioned like sometimes it can be so challenging, like you're asking the question, are you really getting onto the page or what you're picturing in your head? And I think with physical comedy, that can be quite challenging. So just any advice for people writing physical comedy into a scene?
1: I think about whether you actually need it. Mm. When you can get around it by knowing somebody thinking, wouldn't it be funny if somebody did something? Mm. Um, And then they can describe what they think that person might have done that wouldn't have been so funny rather than have them actually do it because physical comedy is only funny to some people. Mm. And it's only funny if the people reading can picture exactly what you yeah. are writing about. And sometimes that means that you are just over-describing the scene so much that you lose a lot of the humour in it. So I, I would avoid it if at all possible because it's just so difficult to get it right and to and to make sure that what the people are reading, what you want them to, want them to see, what they're, they're envisaging exactly what you want them to see. Because if you miss just by a little bit, it's not funny at all.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: that's a good point. What, what do you think, Chief? Well, I think if you can nail it, then uh, your books will do better in America. Uh, so they, okay. they, they, <laughs> they like physical comedy in America much more than they do in the UK. I think yeah. they like it in the UK too. but um, I think the yeah. UK likes a subtler
1: kind of approach. We're not all about the platforms; well, They're really in the mud thing.
2: But one of the things that we point out is that humour is regional different mm. things are, dif- are funny in different countries um, and that's that's quite a well known phenomenon so yeah d- depending on where people are when they're reading it or where where they've come from where their sense of humour is The I
1: think aimed squarely at the UK market isn't it we have to point that out this is true
2: yeah we, we've got a lot of reviews pointing this out <laughs> Who is this mr bean yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yes it's it's it is very it's it's quite we're a little bit bronchi about it really <laughs> but
2: to be um, honest when, yeah. when we were doing when i was doing the sort of background stuff for it mm. there was nothing that was uk-based for romantic comedy it was all us-based um and mostly script writing it was
1: they were made a sitcom mm-hmm. lot of yeah, film, a lot of I how to write an American sitcom yeah but very very little stuff which is why I it really because there was a there was a hole in the market a gap in the market which we have plugged quite nicely yeah,
0: I, yeah I, I I with, it. with I biscuits
1: yeah
0: I love it and what are some of your own sort of personal favorite tools for um making something funnier if you think oh I do want to amp this scene up a little bit what what kind of tools do you like to go to
2: Mine would be pen and paper and, like, just um, a brain dump. Like, what would be funny here? And you you just start writing down potential funny things. And after about, like, the first few are just going to be dead predictable because that's Mm. just how brains work. Um, But, yeah, after about, like, five or six, when you're really struggling and just going, yeah, I'll just write anything down, that's when the (laughs) real funny stuff comes out.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's super practical. What about you, Jane? What do you enjoy using? I...
1: Just sit there and write, <laughs> beginning <laughs> to end, and it all seems to work itself out.
2: She's just got really? this weird magic yeah. brain, honestly. Like, we are so completely different. We're polar opposites.
1: I just sit there and write. Mm. And I just if my editor says, this isn't funny, I take it out. Mm. That's it. I don't sit and go back over stuff. I just write it, beginning to end. I, so I can't you... plan. I can't, I can't work that way.
0: Right. And what's your process like Dave? Sounds like it's a bit different.
2: It's it's just messy.
0: <laughs> messy. <laughs> uh, so,
2: so Jane will start at the beginning and just write yeah. all the way through. I write yeah. here and there and everywhere. And mm. then um, I write a really messy first draft and end up yes. just moving chunks of things around and uh, adding bits and taking bits away. So my first drafts tend to come in about, I don't know, 60,000 words. And the final book tends to be 80 000 to 90,000 words because by the time I've chopped and changed or filled in and gone oh this doesn't make sense I need to write this now um, so yeah but yeah it makes it makes Jane really twitchy when I talk about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
2: <was> so cool
1: <laughs> yeah uh, like oh, I just can't begin to understand how anybody can do like a I, I just <laughs> start at the beginning and then we should be yeah that's, that's how we go it's like, I mean, um, that's how we that's write a book but there's the where they're writing all the writers. set exactly. there's no right way. there's no wrong way it's just that's how my brain does it. It makes yeah. the order of the story as I write it, yeah. And I don't plot. I, I just, it just, I just sit there and, so yeah, and well, write.
2: When we do workshops, yeah. I, I, do the plot bit. Do you? <laughs> like, this yeah. is how the three yeah. act story structure works. And then yeah. Jane does all the like character bits and the, the flow okay. bits. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're just doing it. It, it generally works his way. It yeah. Works itself out. Because everybody will
2: fall somewhere in that spectrum, and sometimes each book is different as well. Sometimes, mm.
0: so. That makes a lot of sense. And um, slightly different subject, but in the book you mention um, Twitter like pitch events and you also mm-hmm. mentioned Facebook pitch events, which I hadn't actually heard of. So for people that may not have heard of either of those or want to um, sort of consider them a bit more, any advice for writers or tips for how to think about those kind of events and how to make them useful?
2: Ooh, um, well, mainly... Your elevator pitch thing, just mm. constantly have it done <laughs> and yeah. tweak it. Um, so what they are, are um, a lot of publishing houses, which normally only take agented and sub- submissions, will have one day where they say, right, use this hashtag and tweet uh, a pitch for your book. So you've got really, really short space to, mm. to pitch. And then, and you have to include the hashtag as well. So, Um, and then if they like it, you can, I think, DM them and get a submission thing link. Um, And it's it's their way of of opening up the submissions process, but keeping it manageable. Um, But for you, you've got to make that pitch really, really shine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's really tricky. And also, as with any book submission, it's subjective different editors like different things and they'll be tickled by different jokes um yeah you just don't know but you know it's it's a chance and it's a chance that you wouldn't normally get if you don't have an agent
0: yeah that that's really helpful thank you and um jane you say you don't um plot and you write from beginning to end do you have the concept for your book ahead of time no no so you'd have to do the pitch event after it was done
1: really <laughs> yes. yes i, I... I am not very good at being concise.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. I,
1: I, I just, yeah. Once anybody says, because my, my, we are in marketing meetings, my books. Yeah. And um, my actual "Well, you know, what's the concept for this book?
0: Yeah.
1: And I just go, there's two people. There's <laughs> sure. two people. They're yeah. They're <laughs> I just, I don't really, I, I can't yeah. really get with the whole um, marketing Thing. No. I'm not very good at it. Thankfully, people don't call me. I just, I just have people, let's and lots of people in my head, all talking all the time, and I write down what they say. Yeah. and that's a, that's a spice to <laughs> me. Well,
0: it's working <laughs> for you. And what yeah, about so
1: far? So far, yeah. nobody's done the outlet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what about um, with regards to editors for both of you? Anything that you've learned from working with editors, like just as in a sort of meta sense of things, it's useful to know for people that. Maybe have not worked with their editors yet because of where they are in the process, or would like more uh, feedback on their work. What's been useful to you?
1: Modifiers don't say just quite so often. Mm, <laughs> yes. mm. don't do a word be- search. But do a word search for words like just and well almost, yeah. and check and see how many. If you've got into about hundreds, you you've probably got too many, and you need to take them out. Yes. Adam, start swearing.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and what about YouTube? How have you found working um with editors or that process, what's been helpful to um, you? Well, the first edit I had, it mm. was
2: just covered in red. Um uh, mm. but I learned quite a lot from that. And one of the most useful things that she told me was, uh, she said, This scene it only does one thing. And she said, Every scene has to do two things at least. Mm. Uh, and then she was like it it can move the plot forward it can deepen character it can introduce a setting introduce you know all of these but it has to do two things so make it do something else and now um, I I don't often edit as I write but as I'm writing I will think there is something wrong here and Mm. it's usually it's only doing one thing (laughs) so she helped me pinpoint something that I will fix before it goes to the editor now.
1: I think you do start learning to edit in your head as you go. Yeah. The more you've been professionally edited, the more you kind of go, no, no, they're going to hate this. I won't mm. put this in. I will. This they prefer sentences to be structured this way. I will structure. I do a lot of sentence fragments because mm. I write as I speak and I'm typing as I speak, mm. and I have to then go back and punctuate a bit more and and learn to breathe. And I do that now automatically because I know otherwise it will come back Um I'll have to repunctuate it. So. I started to do it automatically.
2: Yeah, you kind of, you don't really notice you're doing it until yeah. you you sit down to think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, just a couple more questions. I wanted to ask you how you think about um, conflict or other characters uh, in your books. Because I think again that can be really interesting in romantic comedy is what roles those other characters are fulfilling and what shape conflict takes.
2: I mean, the easiest form of conflict is if they both want the same thing for different reasons Mm. or they want something to end in different ways for their own reasons. So, yeah, uh, there was a tip somebody gave me, which was make their character flaw the same thing, but from different angles. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, so they, they kind of, there's the thing that they want. Right, And the thing that they want is where you're going to get most of the external conflict from. But there's a the thing that they need, and that too has to have some sort of give and take. Um, and the thing that they need, the characters don't know about until pretty much the end.
1: Lighter to white light internal conflict rather than external you? conflict. Yeah. Usually, one or other white like, characters will have some big problem that... They need to get over, or they need to work through, or or even something that can't be worked through. But they just need to learn to accommodate. And I tend to deal with a lot of it with internal monologue. And mm. uh, it's nobody gets saved in my books. There's never a big man riding in. Nothing works like that. Life doesn't work like that. And it's usually just two people. Incredibly messy, incredibly flawed, and they just come together again. Yeah, I can live with your flaws, and you can live with mine. So we might be a good match.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I tend to write both points of view, which mm. means that for definitely, I mean, generally as well with romance, they need to grow together. They both need to grow and change. Uh, but because I have both points of view, you need to have character arcs for both of them, and they need to mm. meet somewhere. Yeah, I tend
1: yeah. to write just first person. So, but I do try to get over to the other person's mm, point of view so through what do. they say there's a lot of dialogue a lot of dialogue the my books pages and pages <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's all these
0: people <laughs> in your head talking <laughs> that, that's great thank you so uh, and it's lovely that you both have um these different approaches and can share like advice that will work for different brains and different people. I love it. Uh, it's super helpful. And so what would be any parting um, advice for people who would like to bring a little bit more humor into their fiction, whatever genre they're writing in, do you think? This one little thing they could try.
2: Well, just try it. Just have a go. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: everybody has... Yeah, they've done an end workshop on it, haven't we? Yeah. How to bring humour into whatever you're writing, it doesn't matter what genre. It doesn't mm. have to be funny all the way through. Yeah. But I always say that if you make your readers laugh, they will follow you anywhere. Mm. So if you put a couple of laughs in, even if it's a, you know, serial killer, murderer thing, if there's just a couple of laughs, people will follow the character because they become more human. We mm. say are oh, funny.
2: Yeah, because humans are, are messy and funny. Um and also if if you're not expecting a laugh and you get one. That's mm. quite nice.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean it's even the most surprising books to make you laugh. Just have it. just they just got somebody doing something. Or they make an observation mm. and you think, saying hey, hang on a minute, this book isn't the dull drawing to read <laughs> I expected it to be it's got funny bits in it. And you just the you know, Remedy really towards the whole thing, towards the characters, towards the book. Tools, yeah. Honest, actually.
2: yeah, and sort of as Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett say,
0: funny is not the opposite of serious. Mm. No, it's not. So, nah. That's a nah. great way to put it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Wonderful. That's a lovely place to end. Um, so before we go, where should people go to find out more about you and your work? And I will put like full details in the show notes as well. But where should they start off trying to find you?
2: Uh, well, I'm jivanicharika.com or rhodabaxter.com and they refer to each other and um I think the voice in in the how to write romantic comedy book that is us basically yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: it is yeah 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 I write as I talk so yes
0: <laughs> so do I mostly yeah I really yeah. loved that about it it did really feel like you know two friends like coming over with the tea and the biscuits and telling you some good stuff so you totally <laughs> achieved that <laughs>
2: we meet we, we quite often because we both yeah. live in the north Jane Ah. is even further north than me. Um, And we we meet quite often and there's always tea and biscuits and cake. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think this book mainly got written so that we had an excuse to meet for
1: tea and cake. And to procrastinate about the things you were supposed to be doing. Yes. Yeah. Great.
0: And Jane, where should people go to find out more about you and your work? What should they
1: be uh, that way minded? They could just Google me because my Mm. books are all on Amazon. They're all on Audible. Yes. They just just Google me or you know, come nah knock on the door,
0: I've always got biscuits, the kettle's always on. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh amazing <laughs> okay well gauntlet throw down listeners and viewers <laughs> uh, a date with a terrier and tea and biscuits but <laughs> thank you you've been such great uh, company and on this interview and shared so many really practical tips in such a lovely real way which I really appreciate and I'm sure that listeners will too thank you so much for your time Jane and Jeeve thank you for having us thank you for having us.